So, my mask does not work while... I wanted you to know that I had a mask. And I had it on, but it doesn't work with this. So I'm going to put it down now. There we go. All right, everybody saw that. Joe, it won't happen again either. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another affecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he Wills. And I want to add verse 31. So then, earnestly seek for the greater gifts. This is a very complicated chapter, and the way Paul does it is very messy. So it starts out, he says, I want you to know about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. There are spiritual gifts. Then he says, there's a variety of gifts... And there's a variety of ministries. So there are two things that he is about to talk about. One is gifts, one is ministries. He talks about the gifts first, and he says, these move as the Spirit wills. The nine supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then he starts talking about the body of Christ. He's going into ministries. In verse 18, he says, God has set each one in the body just as he willed. It's past tense. The ministries are past tense. God has already set you in the body. You're either a a thumb or a foot or an eye or an ear or you you can't change your ministry you discover your ministry you can be faithful to your ministry Paul warns us don't judge or compare don't wish you were this and and be mad that you're that and don't be proud that you're this instead of that it's an assignment it's an assignment from heaven the most you can do with your ministry is find out what your part is in the body of Christ The gifts are different. The the supernatural gifts move as the Spirit wills. They are present tense, present imperative. They can manifest at any time through any one. I will grant that whatever your ministry is, there are gifts that you're going to want to seek, greater gifts for your ministry that go along with it. But anybody can manifest any of these nine supernatural gifts because they move as the Spirit wills. These are the ones that Paul says earnestly desire 
the greater gifts. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. These are, you, you can't do that with ministries. You can't say, I want to be an I. I wish I was an I. It's not going to work. God already gave you an assignment. Accept and find out what assignment you have. But these gifts, they must be valued they must be treasured, and they must be sought after, contended for. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are contending for them in these three meetings. And, and this is just the beginning of contending more for all that God has. Last week, we talked about the revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and simple prophecy, the prophetic. We kind of did the prophetic in general last week in impartation for the prophetic. This week is on what's called the power gifts. I've titled the message, The Weapons of a Freedom Fighter. Point one, healing in the kingdom of God. Jesus is still a a healer. Acts 10.38, you know how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God and went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. If you do the research on this, about 80% of Jesus' ministry was healing. Jesus is a healer. He always treated sickness like it was an enemy. Jesus is a healer. He's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus still heals today. He's no less anointed. He just now heals through his people. He is the head of the body now, and we are his body. We are how how the anointing of God flows. Don't try to solve the mystery of why some are not healed. It will will make you go crazy, (laughs) okay? Here is the short answer. The atonement... Jesus dying on the cross guarantees forgiveness. Every time you meet the condition, you are forgiven every single time. The atonement does not guarantee healing. There is a guarantee for the body in the atonement. It's just not healing. It's resurrection. Everybody that's saved will one day be resurrected bodily. That is in the atonement. So where is healing? Healing is in the kingdom of God. Listen to what Jesus says. As you go, preach saying the kingdom of God is at hand. This is, did I say Matthew 10, 7 and 8? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you received, freely give. Healing is part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here, but it's not fully here. It won't be fully here until Jesus returns. Which is why we contend for the kingdom to be more fully realized here. Jesus told us to pray this way. Let your kingdom come on earth right now. It's, a, it's an urgency in that prayer. That's the, the, the whole tense. It's very, it's almost a command. Let your kingdom come. It's a proclamation. Let your kingdom come now. Let your will be done. The Bible says this, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. The secret things belong to the Lord. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. If you try to figure out the secret things 
of why the kingdom came so fully here. And here, it, we prayed the same prayer, and it didn't come fully. We're still contending for it, but it didn't come right away. And, and this one, they died, and they, it didn't come at all. And, it, and, and you get into your head with that, and I'll tell you something. You'll never pray for the sick. You're not going to figure it out. And we're not called to. There are secret things that are not going to be explained right now. You just got to be okay with that. So, but what are the things that are revealed? Here's the things that are revealed. In my name, Jesus said, you are, the, these signs are going to follow those who believe. In my name, they're going to cast out demons. They're going to have authority over the demonic. That is next week is the authority of a freedom fighter. It's not just about casting out demons. It's about healing the trauma that is left after. But next, next week is on freedom, on how to get and stay free and the authority that we have to set people free from the demonic uh, spirits and the effects of demonic spirits. Then he says this. The, the, in my name, they're going to they're gonna cast out demons. They're going to speak in new tongues. And they are going to lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. This is not um, super Christians. This is not apostles. These are not people that have the ministry of healing. This is just regular believers have healing in their hands. That the kingdom of God reverses things. Whatever was going on, and notice in the passage, it's recovery. They will recover. There is a process set into motion whereby they will recover. It is a process. Every believer has that. The gifts, when, when a gift of healing is an operation, it's instant. There's an instant healing. A miracle, a, a healing is when something gets better that's already there. A miracle is when something's not there and God has to create it. That's kind of the distinction between healing and miracle. We'll talk about the gift of faith later. Our part is to believe in healing and to lay our hands on sick people and believe God. Believe this is just part of our mission. This is just part of the kingdom. We go out like Jesus did, doing good. Just that's, that's a good strategy for life. How do you bring the kingdom? Go out and do good, whatever that looks like. Love people, serve people, help people. If they need healing, uh, put a hand on them and pray for healing. So... We arrived in Montevideo, Minnesota in 1996, and we had come from really a revival of sorts in Faustin. It, it, it didn't end well for me, but I, I, I got a green light from the new place. They knew exactly who I was. I said, I don't know if you want me because we had trouble in Faustin, but um, I'm going for this. This is what I'm about. I'm going for this. And they're like, come on, let's do it. And so I get to, I get to Montevideo, and I had purposed in my heart um, that whenever people, has anybody noticed that people like to talk about their symptoms? They just, there's a conversation and, and here's what's going on with me and it's a list of ailments that are going on and they, they're very interested in their ailments for good reason. They're their ailments. They're living with them 24-7. And I just purposed when I got to Montevideo, whenever anybody shares their symptoms, I am going to listen. They have permission to share them in my presence, but I'm always going to ask them if I can pray for them. And if they say yes, I'm going to do it right away. 
So we arrive in Montevideo. We're checking the kids into school. We meet Matt's fifth grade teacher. Her name's Kathy. And she's a new teacher in town. And so we're chatting with her a little. She's brand new. We're brand new. And, uh, and in the midst of our conversation, she starts telling about her back problems. And that she's been struggling with the back, and that's been, that's been hard because she's been dealing with that. And she's, she's walking us out, and I say, would you mind if I prayed for your back? And she says, oh, go ahead. She doesn't think it's going to be right now. She thinks like tonight before I go to bed, I'm going to pray for her back. She has no idea what's about to happen. And I say, okay. I said, would you mind if I just put a hand? My wife's there too. I said, would you mind if we just put a hand on your back? And she's like, okay. And so I put a hand on her back and I pray a short prayer. Jesus, heal Kathy's back. Pain, go in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We just walk out. Four years later, I get a call from Kathy. Her husband has had a supernatural dream. She says, we really didn't know who to call about this, but since my back was instantly healed four years ago, we thought you might know something about this. (laughs) They come over that night, and the first thing they do is come to Christ. I share the bridge illustration and they accept Christ. This is, this is part of the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom. They don't, they don't have to be saved. They don't have to believe in God. They don't, have to, they don't have to. We can give people a taste of the presence of God first. That's how Jesus said to do it. He sends these guys out. Go out. Heal people. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. And then tell them the kingdom of God is here. Tell them this is what God is like. Point two, crossing the chicken line. So I'm, I'm in this thing with God that I always pray for people. Uh, my son has got a JV football game. I'm a little late. I get there, and it's weird. It's completely silent. There's people in, in the stands, but it's absolutely silent. I come in. I have no idea what, how it could possibly be this silent. The superintendent of the schools is at the gate, and he says to me on the opening kickoff, there was a head-to-head helmet thing, and one of the kids is actually from the opposing team, has not moved since. We've called for the paramedics. And so I'm like, okay. And then this voice in my head says, pray for him. And there's something in me that, that wants to go to the stands and pray for him up there where it's nice and safe. But I don't want to disobey God. So what I do is I walk out to the field to right to the, 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 the football players are all right there. I walk to the white line, but I don't go on the field. I start walking because he's way over there. And I start walking parallel to him. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, nobody has told me that I'm supposed to pray for him. I don't have any authority to pray for him. It's weird that I would be praying for him in front of everybody. Who do I think I am? And I'm deciding whether I'm going to go or not. 
And so here I am, I'm walking. If I go left, I go back to the stands. If I go right, I go on the field. And I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I just, I just realize, I, I just would rather have everybody else mad at me and God happy with me. <laughs> and so I go ahead and take this turn, and I walk straight out onto the field. And then, here's what I do. I pretend like I'm supposed to be there. I just like, because there's all these, everybody's around. Both coaches are there. Some of the players are there. Um, so the, 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 the trainer is there. And I said, uh, I said, I'm a pastor, and I'm here to pray for him. And they're like, oh, okay. And they all just back. <laughs> They, 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 all back, they all back away, and I just get down on one knee, and, and, I, and I pray a, a brief prayer of God's peace and God's healing. And just as I get done, the paramedics arrive, and they, they come back, and they pick him up, and, and I'm, I'm walking out with him, and the coach of the opposite team comes to me, and he says, I am so grateful that you prayed. And, and I don't know if he got, I mean, he was fine. It turned out he was fine. I don't know if he got a healing or not. But here's what I do know. I crossed the chicken line. There's always going to be a chicken line, and you're going to have to decide if you want to move, be used in the power of God, you're going to have to take some risks. We were in Benson, which is a neighboring community, and um, we were at a bed and breakfast. We got a, a little night off, and I was that Sunday going to preach on healing. And I'd, I'd preach the whole message to Alice. And, and so we get, we're so excited. We got this night in this bed and breakfast. I immediately go down to the hot tub, and Alice comes down and is sitting, sitting in the area. And I start chatting with this guy that's a Christian, and, um, and he explains why he's there. He comes because of his back. He's, he's got. Continual back problems, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, that's interesting, da-da-da-da-da. And I get out, and I go over to dry off, and I tell Alice, that guy in the hot tub has back problems. Alice is like, pray? Are you kidding me? Go pray for him. I'm like, honey, we're in swimsuits. That's just, she looks at me, pray for him. We just talked about this. So I go back. It's so weird. So I go back, and he's getting out of the hot tub. So he's up on the deck. And all you could do is ask. And so I said, could I pray for your back? <laughs> so sure, go ahead. I, you mind if I put a hand on? No, go ahead. So I put a hand on, pray a very brief prayer for healing. <laughs> and uh, um, he was from Appleton, another city in the thing. Don't see him for two months. The next time I see him, we have had an intimacy with God conference in Montevideo as well. He's in the foyer and he's telling someone the story of how he got healed in the hot tub. <laughs> when I come up to talk to him, he's in the midst of telling the story. There he is. <laughs> the chicken line. Young man in our church, he's on the healing team here. We were at Denny's. This is last week. 
we're walking out. Of course, we're in the middle of COVID. People have masks on. There's a line every six feet. And we, we walk out, and he turns back, and he stops the door, and he sees this lady that's got a cast on. He says, can I ask what's wrong? And she has lost some toes, and she's in continual pain. And she's sharing the whole thing, just right there, boom, sharing it. And he says, uh, would you mind if I prayed for you? And he said, would you mind if I, if I took your hand? And she just put her hand, and he just prayed naturally, supernatural. It wasn't a big holy yell. It was just, Jesus, would you touch this lady? Would you heal this lady? Would you bring your kingdom to this lady? Amen. Have a good day. And we walked out. That's what this is. That's what this is. Crossing that chicken line. I want to just, I'm going to end and turn it over to Ted. I want to tell you about the gift of faith. The gift of faith is different than regular faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you, we grow in it as we grow in the word and we grow in experiences. We grow in faith. A gift of faith is supernaturally given. It's like Popeye and the spinach. It's just like all of a sudden, boom, it is there. So I'm in Mumbai, India last year. Actually, Maybe it was 2018. I'm losing track of years. Anyway, I'm there with Nick Gibson, and we are, we're doing church in this orphanage in India. And it was on one thing. It was about seeking God's face instead of his hand, who God is in himself, and instead of what God can do for you. And the pastor came up at the end, and he said, I am so deeply convicted by this. I want the pastor to pray for me. If you'd like the pastor to pray for you, come on up. And, and so I pray for an hour for people. And, and I'm in an orphanage church in India. These are the most needy people on the face of the earth. And for one hour, not one person asks for anything for themselves except to see God, to seek God, to, to give themselves to the one thing. I'm an hour in, and all of a sudden, I feel like the Lord's saying, tell him, I, tell him to invite those that are sick to come forward. And so I, I said to the pastor that God wants to heal some people now, and, and so uh, this lady comes forward um, and she, uh, I ask her where the pain is. This is through an interpreter. And she says, it's, it's everywhere. And it's all the time. And, and so I, through the interpreter, I pray a little prayer in Jesus' name. Be healed. I just release healing, pain. Go in Jesus' name. And she just turns and starts walking away. I said, ma'am, please t- tell her to come back here. I'm like, where are you going? She said, I'm healed. <laughs> I, I, I said, okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, um, I know you were in a lot of pain. Where is your pain level right now? She says, no, you don't understand. I am completely pain-free right now, and my, my hands were burning. I can feel fire in my hands. And I turn to the pastor, and I say, Pastor, tell the people that my hands are burning right now. There is healing here right now. Guys, for the next hour... There was no question in my mind that everybody that came was going to be immediately healed. I didn't have to pray five seconds for people. I would just tell them, tell me what's wrong. Boom, test it. Every time, symptoms 100% gone for an hour. Every single person that God prayed for. It was a gift of faith, and God aided it with, my, with burning hands. 
And it was like Popeye in a spinach. And, and, and it, <laughs> of course, like every human being, I wanted to do the same thing in the next meeting. Didn't work. <laughs> These move as the Spirit wills. You don't get to decide, I'm going to go clear a hospital out because I've been used in healing. That's not how it works. These move as the Spirit wills, but it's exciting to cooperate as he moves. Ted, come. Can we clap for Ted? It is good to be with you tonight. I just want to ask you tonight, how many of you are willing to be freedom fighters? What's up, freedom fighters? I'm not sure you heard me. I said, what's up, freedom fighters? Just going to have you turn to Matthew 8, verse 5 through 13. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him. And he said, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. This says that Jesus was amazed by his faith. Anybody want to amaze Jesus? I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness, and the faith will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go and it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed from that very moment. The Bible says Jesus was amazed by the centurion's faith. Now, the centurion was really nobody special, but in this particular story, he understood what authority was, right? He said, I'm a man under authority, and so he operated in authority. Now, I believe that in order for you to operate in authority, you need to be under authority. Just a spiritual principle. So as we walk through some of these things, if you really want to walk in authority, you have to be under authority, you have to submit to authority. And this is an example of the, the centurion who, who followed that principle. The other thing that I think is important with this is um, Jesus said that you have all authority. As Tom said, and we just keep reminding each other, I have given you all authority. That's you and I. We have all authority to lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. To cast out demons, God has given us all authority. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
that chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Let me say that again. Hey, guys, you need to lighten up a little bit. With these masks on, you're pretty quiet. I need you to kind of lighten up. You can, you can scream a little bit. You can throw your shoes. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. That's the best you guys can do, I said. And by his stripes, we were healed. Now, Jesus took 39 stripes upon his back. Isn't that right? 40 minus 1. 39 stripes upon his back. Do you know how many major illnesses there are? Major illnesses. 39 major illnesses. And so I believe that he took a stripe for every one of our illnesses. Can I hear you? Now, one of the things I just want to point out here tonight is this is for all of us. And I want to invite you into this relationship with Jesus whereby you lay your hands on the sick and they recover. Whereby you cast out demons in his name. Like, you and I are foot soldiers. Uh, my brother and sister are here tonight. They will tell you I'm a very simple person. I didn't say a simpleton. I just said a simple person. <laughs> and if I can do it, you guys can do it. Right? It's just, it's just like Tom was saying. Just go into all the world. Just go. Right? Step over the chicken line and just go. It's just, it's so simple. Just, just go into all the world. Lay your hands on the sick. And they will recover. Cast out demons in his name. Just go into all the world. Amen? I want to tell you a funny story. Um, this is how I began to realize that healing is for today. I grew up in a in a culture where we were taught that healing was not really for today, that Jesus doesn't heal. Um, he did back then, but no need for that right now. Just go see a doctor. My three daughters, so we have three daughters and a son. My three daughters um, had pretty severe asthma as little children. And you know in the winter season when your kids have asthma, it's really difficult to function, right? You have to... You can't participate in a lot of events because they're on nebulizers. They're taking special medications. Um, and as a young couple, it's really difficult to function in the winter season especially. And they were just trading off the nebulizers, right? So you take a turn, you take a turn. It seemed like our whole life had to do with nebulizers. So I went to a prayer meeting one time, and there was a man that had, the, had a ministry of healing. And I had walked through this whole asthma thing for a long time with my kids. Our, our girls are three, they're two years apart, three daughters, two years apart. And I realized that I had come to a place where I was exasperated with asthma. I was exasperated with God because this wasn't living anymore. Right? Can you imagine you, you have little kids? It just wasn't living anymore. 
I went to a prayer meeting. Um, I had seen other people do this, so I went up to the pastor and had him pray for me, even though our kids weren't there. And I said, well, you just believe with me that God would heal my kids. But I wasn't really believing, so don't, don't think for a second that I had a lot of faith. I was sort of begrudgingly going forward, and then I was out the door after that. So I went forward, and I, I had the man pray for me. He put his hand on my chest. He said, you feel the burning. Well, of course I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any burning. I didn't feel any sensations. But when I got home that night, I decided that by faith I was going to try something. So my wife was at home. My kids were sleeping in bed. Do you guys know what Crisco is, the stuff you fry chicken in? I'm not joking about this. All we had in the house was a little canister of Crisco. And I don't mean like the liquid Crisco. I mean like the shortening. (laughs) But I, I knew from the Bible that the Bible said, come before the elders of the church, anoint them with oil, and they will be healed. And I think that the shortening is a form of oil, right? I'm not a very good cook, but it's, I knew it was some kind of form of oil. So I went upstairs to each of my daughter's bedrooms, and I had this, I'm not kidding you, I had this little thing of Crisco. And I put my finger in the Crisco, and I put, they're sleeping, I put a little cross on their head. And I said, God, I am desperate for your healing. And then I went to the next daughter's bedroom with my Crisco, put a cross on her head, and I said, God, I am desperate for your healing. And then the next daughter, I went to her bedroom and with my Crisco, and I said, I am desperate for your healing. And then I went to bed expecting nothing, nothing at all to have happened. Right? Nothing to have happened. So I want to say, my faith was really low. My faith was really weak. Do you know, two days later, Jesus, who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. My three daughters woke up two days later, radically, radically healed, And they have never, never had asthma again. No exercise-induced asthma, no asthma of any kind at all. And guys, I just want to tell you, if I can do it with a little bit of Crisco, you guys can do it. My son was born, uh, Caleb was born with with, uh, epilepsy. Doctor said, the neurologist said, your son's going to have epilepsy, he's going to fall down and have seizures. And it's going, to be, it's going to be a difficult time for him. They tried many different medications for him. I remember Keppra and just spending a lot of time back and forth with medications trying to get those to balance. And, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a couple, again, just kind of fearful. Fear enters in. And we realized that um, this is going to be a difficult journey. Let me just make this story shorter and tell you that The same Jesus that healed my girls of asthma 
healed Caleb of epilepsy. Can I hear a witness on this? Can I hear a witness on this right here? The doctors do not have the final report. Yeah. With all due respect to doctors, my brother Tim is a doctor. The doctors do not have the final report. It's Jesus himself that has the final report. Uh, my brother Peter's little son, um, Thai guy we call him, he was having seizures. And uh, Peter asked if I would just begin to pray for him, just recurring seizures. It was the kind where you just sort of blank out. I forget what they call them, but you just sort of blank out. And, uh, you know, just to tell you this, guys, God just healed that little kid of seizures. He came up to me in church one Sunday. I was over here in this corner, and he came up to me, and he said, uh, well, he just sort of grabbed my jeans and looked me up in the eyes, and he just said, thank you. It was so precious. Now, please understand that I'm not trying to tell you stories about my goodness. I'm just trying to tell you some stories about God's goodness and how easy it is for you and I to lay our hands on the sick I think the biggest challenge is exactly what Tom said, is just step over the chicken line. Had a young man that was a Mormon, came into my office at work, and he had fallen off a ladder and fell on his back. He was in excruciating pain. And, um, yeah, excruciating pain. He just couldn't function. He's a, a landscaper. He wasn't able to do his job effectively. And he was really worried. Fear entered into his heart. How am I going to provide I'm going to provide for myself. Uh, myself and another guy at work, Nanak, laid our hands on him, and he was instantly healed. <laughs> What's cool, though, is he's no longer a Mormon. So as soon as I, you know, I had witnessed to him a couple different times, and you know, it seems like it takes seven or eight times to witness, and finally somebody just sort of breaks down and comes to know Christ. But I looked at him when he, when he uh, was healed, and I said, who healed you? Was it Joseph Smith or was it Jesus Christ of Nazareth? He said, uh, well, I've been in the Mormon church for like five or six years, and Joseph Smith has never healed anybody as far as I know. I said, today is your day on of salvation. You need to receive Christ. And, and he sits up here at City Church. He's been attending City Church for the last three years. No longer a Mormon. Prayed for a lady also in my office. Um, you know, Jesus spent most of his time outside the temple. That's where you and, I, you and I come in. We're the foot soldiers that go out and spend the time outside the church. And we lay our hands on the sick and we see them recover um, so don't, don't feel like all healing comes at the church or that a pastor needs to pray for a person. We are the body of Christ. We are being equipped to fulfill the Great Commission. All right? Can you imagine in this time where the virus is so uh, eminent, how many people need healing? 
how many people need help with fear? And that's who we are. We are the body of Christ. We are freedom fighters. What's up, freedom fighters? So I have like 25 examples. Um, Maybe 8 o'clock will be done. I just want to keep sharing these with you. Had a lady come in my office, whiplash. She was she was T-boned, T-boned intersection. Came in my office, whiplash for one full year. Laid my hands on her. I just said, "Be healed." I was actually kind of irritated, to be honest with you. I just didn't want to pray for anybody, but she asked if I would pray for her. Laid my hands on her. Said, "Be healed in Jesus' name." Boom! The power of God went through her body. Now you guys know what it's like to be in pain. You can't sleep, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're angry with people, you're angry with God. But in this case, this woman was radically healed in the moment. Two more examples for you. Little boy was at my house, he has peanut allergies. Now everybody knows that little boys like peanut butter and jelly, right? And it's not right for a little boy not to be able to get his peanut butter and jelly, right? It's just not right. This little boy has peanut allergies. You put him anywhere near a peanut, he'll, he'll break out. They have an EpiPen. I'm reminded that everything Jesus did, he did out of compassion. And I remember feeling the, the compassion of God for this little boy. And, you know, just like he should have peanut butter. It's just, it's just American. I mean, you have your peanut butter, then you have your jelly, and you have like three of these sandwiches and a little milk. But this little boy couldn't have it, so I asked his mom, could my wife Melody and I pray for him? We laid our hands on him after seven years of having peanut allergies. Jesus showed up. He went to his, his doctor a week later. They did some testing on him just to check his, his allergies. And he was completely healed of peanut allergies. Uh, my brother Dave and I were in a meeting many, many years ago, and there's a woman who had a tumor in her throat, and she talked like this. And it was pretty clear that she had something in her throat. She, she clearly was talking in a way that was not normal. Um, turns out she has surgery for cancer surgery the very next day. We prayed for her, and all of a sudden she began to say, it's burning, it's burning, it's burning, it's burning. The power of God went through her body, and that tumor shrunk down to nothing. And so she didn't need, need the surgery the next day. Final thing that's kind of exciting, and, you know, I'm just kind of walking through life. I'm just saying, God, give me one more for your kingdom. So when it comes to salvation, this is the prayer of my heart. Father, give me one more for your kingdom. Every time I lead somebody to Christ, a simple prayer, God, just give me one more. Just one more for your kingdom. Because you and I need to be kingdom advancers. We're here to, to win the loss at any cost, but it is so simple. It is so simple for, for us to do this. The final thing is I've been uh, just walking through a journey with God and you know, we talk about how compassion is really something that moves the heart of God and, and um, we must have in our lives for people to be healed. We, we have to have compassion for people. I have, had a, I have had compassion for women that cannot have children. 
And um, I don't know where it comes from, but we have a, a cool little tribe of our own, our little kids are, that have become adults and now a grandchild. And I just have a, I have compassion for someone that cannot have children. In the last 18 months, my wife and I have prayed for six women. And they've either had their babies or their babies are on the way. And this is after several years of not being able to have children. And so I'm only sharing these stories tonight to say, will you join me in this freedom fighting? It is so simple. It's just, it's just being obedient. It's just being willing. I think a willing heart is, is the most of this. To be able to just pray as the need com- comes out. Now, the other thing that happens, too, is when you're known to be someone that prays for the sick, people will just come to you. You know, let it be known, let it be said that you are someone that prays for the sick. Let it be known, let it be said that you're someone that prays for those that need to be delivered from the enemy. Right? Let it be known, let it be said that you, you're compassionate and you care for those that are hurting. hurting. You and I are able to do these things. Right? You and I can lay our hands on the sick. You and I can go into the world and lead the lost to Christ. Lay our hands on the sick. See them recover. It is so simple. I just want to tell you tonight in this back corner, I'm selling uh, canisters of Crisco. It'd be $3.99. And I can get you three of those for $10. Yeah, the worship team can come. Um, I want to remind you of a, a, a prophetic picture I got a week ago Tuesday. We were praying for freedom fighters. And it was Jesus coming to somebody that was in prison. And he called them a mighty Warrior, and I, I knew exactly what it was that there are people that are going to disqualify themselves because they're not free themselves yet. People that are afraid that, like, I can't set somebody else free because I'm still afraid, or somebody that's in lust that uh, I haven't got total freedom. How could I be used? And Jesus is inviting people, and what he said to me was as they, as they sign up to be a freedom fighter, they're going to find their freedom. Now, if there's any area that the body of Christ feels weak, it's in this area of sickness and disease and things that are not right with you and that you've been prayed for and, and you, you've tried to be healed and you've confessed it and you've had the healing you pray for you and you've come to healing meetings and for whatever reason it persists. Listen, this is from the Lord tonight. Do not disqualify yourself of being used to heal others. Do not, well, Pastor Tom, how could that work? He is God, that's how. And, 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 and who knows, who knows that your healing might be released as you're ministering healing to someone else. 
please do not disqualify yourself. I could not be used in this because I, I still have this problem or that problem or this problem or that problem. Um, Jesus is going to do this thing differently than you and I would do it. So here's how we're going to do it tonight. Um, Ted and I are actually going to come down to the floor. We're going to do one song. I'm going to have the staff, pastoral staff, and our healing team come up and get on these white X's that are the second X's. Um, if you guys would, just, yeah, let's all stand right now. And the, if the staff would come out and the, the people that are on our current healing team would come out and step on these X's, that would be great. And Ted, we're going to be down on the floor this time. So here's why you want these prayers to be really anointed. Because after we're done praying for them, we're going to do one song where Ted and I are going to, I'm going to start on this side, Ted's going to start on that side, and we're going to go through and anoint them. And we've got the six feet social distance because the important thing is not that we lay hands on them, but that Jesus does, okay? We're going to release anointing over them, but pray for them, and here's why. Because after Ted and I are done doing that, then they're going to step up. They're going to turn around. They're going to be the ones praying for you. So the more anointed they are, the more you're going to get. This is just called the humility of impartation, where Jesus honors humility. It is a step of faith to step out, but we're going to do this group first, and then I'll give you instruction on group two. So let's do a song, worship, and let's pray for healing to flow.